There's a recent topic of conversation that I want to talk about. What else are we to do besides talk a little shit? No, I'm just kidding. Not really. But this topic of conversation is not news. This is not a new topic. I feel like every other month I see a ton of videos on my For You page talking about how, drum roll please, influencers are now more unrelatable than ever how people are kind of getting a little tired of influencers. People are getting tired of these, you know, brand trips that are going on and seeing all this stuff, given the current state of the world, given the current state of the economy, given the current state of what your average hot girl is going through, right? We're all hot girls here. We're all in the same boat. Totally understandable. And I want to talk about it. I find this topic of conversation really fascinating. I just love talking about this kind of stuff. I talk about it with myself mostly. This is why we're here with my sister, family, friends, with Nash. Poor guy. He just gets an earful from me. But I find it really interesting. And I want to give you guys just, I guess, my take and my perspective on this as somebody who is on one side of things, who does create content and post online and do a little bit of social media, but also as somebody who consumes it as well, because um, our For You pages are the same. I'm getting thirst traps of Killian Murphy. Totally not mad about being on that side of TikTok. Absolutely love that. His new GQ men's shoot was phenomenal. Could see it all day, every day. I'm on Book Talk with Akatar, with Throne of Glass thirst traps, with Spicy Dark Romance thirst traps, with the music in the back. Oh, it's great. I'm on like Book Talk where you swipe and it's like these raunchy ass quotes. And I'm like, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to be. This is my happy space, okay? We all have the same For You page. Maybe maybe you're sitting there and you're like, Sophia, are you okay? What is your For You page? Maybe you want to be on it. Come join. Come join in. It's a fun place to be. But we all follow the same people. We all see the same shit, right? So I consume what you guys consume as well. And there's another aspect of this that I do want to share and a perspective to give you guys between influencers and entrepreneurs slash business owners. Okay. Because two things can be true at once. You can be a business owner, CEO, entrepreneur, and an influencer at the same time, or you can be just, they're two completely separate things because they are very different. They are very different. Not saying one is better than the other. They're just two different things. And I think giving a little bit of light, shedding a little bit of light on that is something that I want to talk about. I first want to start off with the relatability aspect of influencers right now because a lot of people, I think a lot of people are getting a little sick and tired of seeing what they're seeing. They're they're getting, you know, a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe it's just not your jam to see hauls or trips or aesthetic lifestyles or whatever. Maybe it is. But let's start off here. Relatability is subjective. Just because somebody isn't relatable to you and your lifestyle and your current mindset of life 
doesn't mean that they're unrelatable, period, in general. They are relatable to certain people and they're not going to be relatable to other people, just like you, even if you don't post on social media. Same thing goes for you. Like some people are going to be able to relate to you, some people aren't. And that is just the way of the world, which we love. But I think that it's hard when there's certain people that, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I want to make that very clear. Okay. We are just talking about generalizations here and social media as a whole. Remember you guys, journalism major here. I geek out over this stuff because this is what I learned in college. This is just what I love to talk about, all of this kind of stuff. And it's really interesting as a journalism major when we learned about newspapers, magazines, billboards, etc. Now it's social media where that is like where marketing and advertisements are. It's completely different. I'm wondering what they're teaching in schools now. I'm fascinated by it. How are they translating all of this education that we know to social media? Very, very interesting. I'd love to like go back in a college class in a journalism class and be like, okay, what are we talking about? Hey guys. Um, But anyways, that was a little, little sidetrack there. But I think certain, when there's certain people who have very, they all have the same lifestyle, similar lifestyles, right? Similar things that they do, similar places that they shop at, similar things that they wear, maybe similar looks of style, of lifestyle, of whatever. You're kind of sitting there and you're like, well, I, it's all kind of the same, right? There's not that much that's different. And with all of this maybe bougie lifestyle and lavish trips and crazy hauls, you can't relate to that. Like you're like, this is not that it's like subject. It is subjective, but I feel like a lot of people can't relate to this, what looks to be influencer lifestyle. Well, I want to say, I want to say this. I genuinely wonder how many influencers out there you know, who post their bougie lifestyles and all these fun things. I wonder how many of them are in debt. You know, I wonder how many people are actually really struggling. And it's not just debt, but mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe, you know, family wise, like you just never know. It's, it's really easy to post a curated life. It is so easy. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? It's really easy to do that in a certain angle of your home showing the clean side, but the entire other part of the room is a fucking pigsty. You'd never know. You would never know. And you just assume, take it at face value. I'm just going to assume that everything else is clean like that corner that you showed, right? It's, It's really wild to kind of think about it. But Relatability is subjective and maybe you're at a certain point in your life where you can't relate to all of this lavish lifestyles that you're seeing because that's, I guess, when you think of influencers, a lot of them, this is not all of them, okay? Not every influencer is the same. Although a lot of them are similar, not everyone is the same. Not everyone has the same home and same blah, blah, blah. You guys know I'm like generalizing here. But it's hard to kind of see these people who have these bigger platforms and it's all very similar. It's hard to kind of constantly ingest that content and not kind of feel like shit. And people will sit there and be like, oh, well, if you hate on them, then that just shows your insecurity. You're being a hater. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe you are being a little bit of a fucking hater. Who isn't a little bit of a hater? Who isn't a little bit of a hater every now and then? Okay, I'm not saying like 
feeling like that is the best thing. If you are like that all the time, it's going to eat you alive. That's a sad life to live. You don't want to live like that. It's a waste of energy. But sometimes you see some shit on your feed and you're like, oh my God, like I can't fucking watch this anymore. This is just like, this is a lot. It's a lot to ingest. And yeah, I just, I find this topic of conversation always super interesting because there's always two sides of it. There's always the side of like, oh my gosh, so unrelatable. This is so unrealistic. This is just curated. This is X, Y, Z. And then there's the other side where people don't really care where they're like, I mean, it's their life. I love following them because they're cool people or I like their content and I like the curated lifestyle. I like following and seeing their hauls. I love a good haul. Me personally, love it. Show it to me. Show me what you got at Marshall's. I'm because we all know Marshall's has the best finds. Show me what you got at Sephora. Show me what you got from the grocery store. I love a good grocery haul, like whatever it is show it to me. I love that kind of stuff for cleaning, organization videos, whatever it is. It's really, it's just, it's very interesting. But I also want to kind of talk about a different aspect of things, how there is a difference between people who are influencers and people who are business owners who post on social media and also maybe influence as well. Because with your standard influencer, typically when somebody says, oh, my full-time job is being a content creator, my full-time job is being an influencer, typically their sources of income come from either TikTok, because now TikTok has a new program. Instead of it being the creator fund, which you made dimes and pennies and nickels on, barely any money really. Now they have a new program called the uh, beta program, like the creator beta program. And now you can make some real fucking money from TikTok, you guys. I'm not even kidding you. If you opt into it. Now, the caveat of that is that your videos have to be over a minute long which typically, as you know, longer form videos don't usually get pushed as much. They don't usually get as many views. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. It's usually those like 15 second little videos singing to like a song or something or doing a little outfit check that can go super viral because it's like attention spans are minuscule now. So that's going to go really viral because it's easy to watch it all the way through. But with the beta program, I mean, you can make some, I'm not even kidding you guys, you can make some crazy money from that, which is great. I mean, like that's, that's awesome because for people who do content creation full time, like now it's an opportunity to actually make money from TikTok where it didn't really used to be like that. So that's kind of new within the past year that's come in. So that's like maybe a source of income if they opt into that programming that they make their money from there. And then from brand deals, you guys know now the life of an influencer, it's not really complicated. This is not like crazy stuff we're talking about right now. Everybody kind of knows how influencers make their money, which is kind of wild to think about because there's a lot of uh, jobs out there where you know about it. It's like, oh, how do they make their money? Like this is all out in the open air, how influencers make their money. So brands will either reach out to you personally, or if you as an influencer has a marketing agency, they either reach out to brands for you or brands reach out to them. And they're like, hey, we will send Joe Schmo our lipstick if they post it whatever. If they can post it on their TikTok, we'll pay them X amount of money, 
whatever. There's a ton of different ways that brands work with influencers and how they go about it. If they do a dedicated TikTok post, that typically can be charged way more. If it's an organic TikTok post, which means that they just basically organically, they do like maybe a get ready with me. They're using all different kinds of products and then they shout out the lip oil that they're using from the brand that they sent, whatever. It can be charged a good amount, but not as much a dedicated reel, maybe Instagram stories. I mean, you can charge, it's all different stuff that you can charge for. And that's how they make their money. Brands will reach out to them and be like, Hey, we'll pay you, you know? So, I mean, gosh, some of these influencers are making a lot of money from this. Um, and you might be sitting there thinking, for example, let, let's just, let's just talk about it. A major makeup artist influencer, they have, let's say they have 10 million followers. I'm not speaking of anybody, like I'm just making up somebody. They have 10 million followers. Okay. If they have 10 million followers, I'm guessing with their analytics, their reach on TikTok is probably around, oh gosh, maybe 70 to a hundred million people per month that they're able to reach with their content. And if you think about that, for a second. Okay. 70 to a hundred. Again, we're talking big numbers here. We're t- I went for, I went for the big one, 10 million followers. You're reaching a hundred million eyes per month. You best believe that they're probably going to be charging a, a pretty penny for that. They're going to be like, yeah, you can pay me $50,000 to review your lip oil because this is where, and you're probably sitting there, this might be making you mad. I don't know if this is going to be making you mad, but here's the other end of things. Okay. This is what, this is where my degree is kicking in. Here we go, mom and dad, it's paying off. I promise you. If you think about it, the cost of a billboard, making it, keeping it up there, the cost of a commercial, millions and millions and millions of dollars, the cost of mag putting your stuff in magazines, the cost of flyers, the old school ways, right? The cost of that is a lot of money, especially a commercial. To produce a commercial costs a fucking lot of money. And they have this now, all these companies have these massive budgets because that's where marketing used to be. Magazines, flyers, billboards, commercials. Those were the main ones, right? or window, whatever. That's where the money used to be poured into. But now people, human beings called influences are now the new form of marketing. It went from that to that real fucking quick. In a matter of like a year, it went to that. Companies are now paying instead of, you know, paying certain, a producer, actors, clothing people, makeup artists, videographer, all this stuff to set up the commercial, then to run the commercial, all that stuff, they're now paying people. And they have these massive budgets. So paying one person $50,000 is pocket money for these companies. So that's kind of like one thing. And I'm thinking of this, we're pulling ourselves out of the situation. I am just nobody here. If you think about it on both ends, it does kind of make sense. While that is a lot of money, that's many, most people's, the average salary now, $50,000, that in one TikTok, are you fucking kidding me? How annoying is that? Totally. Insane. I mean, it's insane. You can think about it. Like, if you really think about it, it's crazy. But then you think about the other side of things, the business side of things, the marketing side of things, you're like, okay, 
it kind of makes sense now. It kind of does because they're no longer paying for commercials or billboards or magazine articles or whatever. They're not paying for that stuff anymore because the reach, they would pay millions of dollars to do a fucking commercial. And the reach of that would be, you know, maybe 500,000 eyes on on that commercial in, in a matter of a month where you can pay one person to get a hundred million eyes on, on that. Do you guys see what I mean? It's really interesting if you think about it on the flip side of things. This is why I love talking about, and this is only just one single aspect of this whole crazy concept of social media and, and everything like that. So that is one single thing. And I, I wanted to kind of share that perspective with you guys. That's why a lot of people are able to make money from, and you don't have to be a big content creator. There's a lot of UGC content creators out there. A lot of people who don't have, uh, you know, crazy big followings and they're making really good money from social media because these brands and these companies have that budget to pay people because the reach is so the reach on social media with paying one human being who has maybe 5,000 TikTok followers, paying them a thousand dollars to, you know, push their product or show their product. And with the 5,000 followers on TikTok, it doesn't mean that it's going to 5,000 eyes. It's probably going to 20 to 30,000 eyes per month. Right. And that reach is so much further than if they were to put it in a magazine or a commercial or blah, 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 blah. You guys get the deal. Really, really freaking interesting. So while it is just a wild concept and it's only just so brand new, it's I'm so interested to see, like when I'm in my 50s thriving, hopefully, I want to go take a class at a college, like a social media, PR, marketing, advertising class, something. I want to pop into a school. I'm just going to sneak in real quick. I don't know if that's even legal and just sit in the class and and be like, what are we teaching nowadays? Like, how are we approaching this whole thing? Because it's just really interesting. So anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent, but maybe that makes you kind of think about things a little bit differently. Um, And while it is still crazy, while it is still hard to wrap my head around how some people make all of this money from social media, when I put my head in a business marketing standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. And it's actually cheaper for these companies and these businesses to pay just one person to push their product because their product's going to get so many more eyes on it. And the overhead for that is sending one PR package to one person. That's their overhead as opposed to the cost of an entire commercial. Does that kind of make sense, you guys? I don't know. It's crazy. School of Sophists is when not only do we cover women's cycles and all this crazy stuff, we're also covering social media. I mean, this is like a journalism school here. But yeah, it's pretty cool to think about. But this topic of conversation kind of inspired me to share a little bit more about myself and my journey and what the hell I even do. Because honestly, I'm nosy. Hello. I'm nosy. Whenever I see somebody on social media, maybe they have a little bit of a following. Maybe they have a major following. Maybe they don't have whatever. I'm always, I always just assume, oh, that's their job is influencing. That's how they make their money through social media, through brand deals, through that's how they do it. 
But there's also another side of things where some people don't make their money from social media, right? And maybe it's a way that they advertise their business or it's a way that they are the business and it drives people to kind of what they do. And that's kind of where my where where my stuff comes in, where I know a lot of people see my stuff on social media and I'm sure that they assume oh, she just, she makes money. She's an influencer. She makes all of her money from TikTok and brand deals, which I would assume the same. I totally get it. No hate there. Like that's, that's what I think as well. And, but that's not the case. And, and I want to give just another, I don't know, another side of things. And this kind of inspired me to share my story on social media. You guys, probably most of you already know this, And this is not like a new story, but I want to share kind of what it's like to be an entrepreneur business owner who posts on social media and does that, that kind of stuff, because I don't do that many brand deals. And again, this doesn't mean that I'm better than anyone else. This doesn't mean that I'm better than the average influencer and what they do. It's just different. We're on the same playing field here. We're all on the same playing field. It's just different things. They're similar and they look similar, but they're very different because my whole thing started out as a business. I was starting my business my senior year of college. It's when I opened up my LLC. I got my certification in personal training and I decided this is what I'm going to do. And then posted on social media just kind of for fun. It was just kind of like, you know what? I love doing this. I love personal training. I'm going to post fitness content and whatever. So I'm going to kind of break it down to you. Um, This is kind of very similar to my first episode, my get to know me episode and everything. Um, But I'll do, I'll do kind of like a brief synopsis for anybody who doesn't want to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to it. I get it. I get it. It's a long way to trudge through to get to this episode. Totally understandable. But basically beginning of my senior year of college, this was COVID. Okay. So this was 2020. This was fall of 2020. We are amidst the COVID, um, you know, spike. This was really when it was at its peak. So everything was online going into my senior year, going into college, you guys, I was undeclared. I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do. I was going to do a business major. I was at Oregon at the time, um, University of Oregon, go Ducks. And I went in undeclared. I didn't declare until like right before my freshman year ended. I decided to declare as a journalism major and business minor. I was going to declare into business, but then realized how many math classes I had to take and said, absolutely fucking not. We're going to drop that to a minor. And we're just going to major in journalism. Why, you ask? Because my older sister was doing it. And I follow what my sister does. And I was like, perfect. She took all of these. I'm just going to follow my sister's schedule for the four years that she did. And it's going to be great. Super easy. I'll know exactly what classes to sign up. That's what That's what the older siblings are for. It's for us younger siblings to literally copy and paste. Do you know what I mean? So thank you to my older sister. Thank you, Chooch. We love you. But um, anyways went in undeclared at this point, dropped out of Oregon, then transferred to University of Nevada, Reno, but then COVID hit. So basically my entirety of me going to UNR was online, which I did not mind. So beginning of my senior year, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. 
I didn't fucking know, especially after like quarantining at home. I was like, God, I could quarantine for <laughs> kind of miss it. I was like, I could quarantine for a while. I just want to stay here. This is great. I don't have to think about like what I have to do with my life. Like we put everything on just a brief pause and a brief hold. Obviously, given the times, it was absolutely horrific what was going on and crazy that we experienced a pandemic and just so sad, so sad that that happened. But when it came to thinking about my life, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I had no, I had no real like major dream jobs or goals or aspirations. I was just like, okay, this is it. I am a journalism major with an emphasis in public relations and advertising and a business minor. What am I going to do? Probably apply to PR firms or apply to companies and work under their PR umbrella. That's what I was going to do. I was just like, I'm going to enjoy my senior year. This is it. And I didn't want to do that. But I was like, this is kind of life, right? This is it. Like tough shit. So everybody works a nine to five. Everybody works in corporate America. Like nobody really loves it. A lot of people like their job. Shout out to all of you guys who love your job. But a lot of people don't really like it. But we all do it. It is what it is. Like this is just how it is. And this is how it works. So that was kind of my plan going into my senior year of college. And then I met my coach, my old coach, previous coach. And he totally changed the game for me when it came to my health and fitness journey. I was like, wait a minute. I started learning how to eat correctly. I started learning how to work out reps, sets, strength training, like deadlifting for the first time and lifting heavier weights and actually learning about nutrition, how to properly fuel my body, tracking my macros, like weighing out my food and being like, oh, this is how nutrition works and seeing the changes it made to my body and really loving it and being like, oh my gosh, like I love this. And I'm seeing all these amazing changes. My mental health is great. Now this is well, right when I was getting off of hormonal birth control, beginning of my senior year of college, I was getting off of birth control. But outside of that, I fell in love with the process of a coach to client relationship. I fell in love with the process of finding a routine, going to the gym and all these things. And although I was struggling greatly at the time with all of the stuff with my body um, internally with birth control and going through all of those side effects of BV, yeast infections, UTIs, no sex drive, all of those things outside of that. When it came to my health and fitness journey, I was like, wow, this is like, I love this. And I knew within the first like month and a half, two months of me getting my coach, I was like, I want to be a personal trainer. This is what I was put on this earth to do. I love coaching. And growing up, I always coached like lacrosse camps, soccer camps. Anytime that I could get out and coach in an athletic setting, I fucking loved it. I always did it as much as I could. And I, and I found so much love for that, that when it came to personal training, I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Like, this is fun as fuck. Yes. So I basically was like, I'm going to become a personal trainer. Long story short. And the Aquarius in me is when I set my mind to it, to something, anything, I'm going to get it done and I'm going to get it done efficiently and effectively. So within six weeks, I got my NASM certification in personal training. 
while working almost full-time as a nanny and being a full-time student. And I loved it. Oh my God, it was great. It was awesome. The NASM um, certification, I mean, it's the best out there for a reason. It's it's amazing. If you're going to do it, go big or go home. Yes, is it the most expensive? Totally. But when it comes to running a business... <laughs> you have to invest. You have to invest a lot more than you want, a lot more than you want, but you got to spend money to make money, baby. And that was kind of like, that was it. I was like, okay, I've got no money. I'm a broke college student, but I know that with this, I'm going to, I'm going to make it back. I'm going to make it back eventually. And this, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big and I'm going to do the best certification that you can possibly do. I did the full package. I did the self-study and the thing about me is that I always loved studying. I loved school in the sense of like nothing made me happier than finals. You're going to say I'm crazy, but I loved getting a, st- oh, a fucking juicy study guide and going to the library and getting my coffee and, you know, popping a little Adderall and getting there and staying there for eight hours and just grinding I, when I tell you that that was my jam, had all my markers and highlighters and different colored pens and everything. I fucking love that. So studying for me is really fun. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I loved it. I thought it was fun. So studying for the NASM, I mean, it was a grind. I was up like all hours of the night trying to get it done. And, um, you know, because I really wanted to start training as soon as possible. So long story short, fast forward the six weeks, took my NASM certification. This is about like two to three months before I'm graduating school. And I pretty much was like, all right, this is it. At the time, I also met my now manager, um, but he was a friend at the time and he was working with my coach who at the time my coach was a bodybuilder and um, like a professional bodybuilder. So my manager was kind of like managing him and he was a friend of mine. And I was like, dude, I want to do this. Like I want to be, you know, I want to start a business. I want to train clients. Like let's fucking do this. How can we do this? He's like, all right, let me, and he was working a full-time job, um, at that time as well. And now he's fully on his own running his own business of being a manager to like all different coaches and and stuff like that. And it's really, really awesome. He's got multiple businesses now. So it's kind of cool how started from the bottom. Now we're here, Mike, pretty cool. But yeah, basically like big Mike and I, we, we met and we're like, okay, I want to start my LLC. I want to train clients. I want to, I want to train people in person. I'm going to do it here in Reno. Nash is still going to school for firefighting. And I was like, as far as I know, we're going to be here for a while. Like, let's do this. So the initial of everything was the fact that I was going to be training in person. And at the time I was already posting on social media, but it wasn't going anywhere. You guys, I had maybe 2,500 followers when I graduated college and about, oh my God, I don't know, anywhere between five and 10,000 when I graduated college with TikTok, I mean, on TikTok. And so I was by no means a major influencer and I was by no means making money from like any type of brands or anything like that. My only source of income at the time was obviously my nannying and then also my clients. And I only had, like I posted, made my application, posted it on my story and everything. And I started training like four girls in person. Um, and that, that was it. I was, I was training also for pretty dirt cheap because I was a brand new trainer and that was, that was it. I basically called my parents too, before I really started to kind of dive into things. And I was like, all right, 
Sue and Mark, I'm pouring all of my eggs into one basket. I want to be a personal trainer. I'm going to coach girls in person and I'm going to start an LLC and I'm going to work for myself. And my parents are like, if anybody's going to do it, you're going to do it. And they supported me from day one, which I'm so lucky and grateful for because a lot of parents maybe wouldn't do that. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But I was like, I'm not going the traditional nine to five route. Like it just is not something I want to do. I have a passion for this. I know I'm going to be a good coach. I fell in love with my own journey and knowing that I can help other women get to a place of kind of like our last episode that we touched on you guys, where finding your own version of healthy, I wanted to help women and still do. I want to help women find their own version of healthy because it's fucking possible. It just takes the right guidance, the right knowledge, tools, and education, and and the right help to get you to where you need to be and figuring it out for for your own lifestyle. It, it can happen. And, and I became really obsessed with that. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help women. I fucking love women. Like, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, anyways, my parents fully supported that. And I just wouldn't be here today without their support. I mean, that that went way, way further than, you know, I probably have ever admitted to them. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a journey since then. But then started training clients right when I graduated. Nash and I moved in and I had a huge fucking mental breakdown because I was barely making any money. I was in the red zone from my investments and, you know, with starting your business, you got to pay to start a business, paying all of these upfront costs and stuff. And I was like, holy fuck, like I'm not making like enough right now to be able to even get, get even and break even like this is really bad. And I was struggling for a while. I definitely, I applied to like a few coffee shops or in a few yoga studios. And I was like, I'm going to have to work part time while I'm doing this, which is totally fucking normal while starting your business. I do not recommend doing this and pouring all of your eggs into one basket. Always have a backup plan. Always have a source of income at the time before you decide to kind of fully jump off. This is not advice. Okay. My story is not advice. This is just my story. Okay. So, um, then fast forward, you know, I'm starting to get more clients starting to post on social media. I continue to post four to five times every day. I was super consistent with that. And I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. Like this is, it may not be working for me right now, but it is going to work. And I started to get a few inquiries. I'm not talking like I got so many DMs, you guys, of people. No, I got like a couple inquiries, like two people who reached out to me from across the country. And they're like, hey, like I know you train in person, but do you train online? Like I would totally buy a program from you. And I was like, wait a minute. I can coach online. And I saw some other coaches at the time because remember, fitness influencers were still kind of on the come up at the time. I was like, I know some some coaches who coach 100% online. I wonder how they do it. Did my own research, figured it out, talked to a few people. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start coaching online. And thus the product of my online coaching platform was born. My little baby, I love her so much. I now have two assistant coaches underneath, which is amazing who work underneath me. It's just been such an incredible journey. But anyways, found that out, started coaching people online. So I was like, okay, cool. Coaching people in person, online, amazing, loving this. Didn't have a crazy client roster, but I was making, I was making a little bit of money and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get a part-time job right now. I'm making enough. I'm making enough right now to kind of make ends meet and to continue to feel comfortable doing this. And then, and then one day, one day, 
again, my social media, like the more you post on social media, the more it's going to grow. Okay. So my social media started to grow a little bit, but it wasn't anything major. Um, you know, it's getting online clients, training people in person still. And then I decided to move fully online at that point. Um, and then I posted me sharing my birth control story. And I posted a video, a little get ready with me video. I'll never forget it. I was meeting my grandparents in Tahoe. They have a house there. They wanted to get dinner with Nash and I. I decided to film myself doing my makeup, getting ready to see them. And I decided to very openly, candidly share my birth control story and my experience with it. I was about a year, year and a half off of birth control at that point. And I was like, hey, this is my birth control story. I had a smelly vagina and I had no sex drive. And here's all these different things that happened to me. And I just shared it. And then I remember leaving, we'd get dinner with my grandparents, didn't have any service. And all of a sudden we're driving back down Mount Rose, coming back home from Tahoe. And all of a sudden my tic- my TikTok was blowing up and then my Instagram was blowing up. I went from like five or 6,000 followers to like 10,000 followers in a matter of like a couple hours on, on Instagram, which was a huge deal when you hit 10K instead of like the 9,000 989, you're at the 10K mark. And I was like, oh my God, Nash, what the fuck? And I look at my video and it was already at like over a million views in in a matter of a couple hours. And I was like, holy shit, this is like my first very viral video. And it just kept going and going and going. I think it's around a little under 10 million views or something it ended up at. And that was like, I think still to this date, my most, my most viewed um, video ever. And when I tell you that that video changed the trajectory of my life and my business, I then got, I will be totally transparent. I got tons of one-on-one applications from there and inquiries about coaching. I got a major big bump in my following and that kind of started this whole thing that we're fucking doing here today, you guys. Like I knew from that moment and reading, like this is no bullshit. Okay. You guys know me. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my God, so many people reached out to me. And like so many people were asking when I tell you that I got hundreds of emails, thousands of DMs and messages from you guys sharing very intimate and personal details of your own birth control story, of you having no sex drive, of you struggling in your relationships because of this, and you being like, I finally feel seen and heard. Oh my God, like my story is exactly like yours. I cannot believe this. Like I thought I was alone in this. Like I'm sitting here crying because of this. Like when I tell you, and I still to this day get DMs every single day from you guys sharing your stories with me, which it means the world. I'm almost getting choked up now, but it means the world to me, the absolute world. I knew that this corner of the internet, this door that was kind of opened here, talking about female cycles, hormones, birth control, and everything that comes along with it, low sex drive relationships when it comes to this stuff. I knew that there needed to be a voice. And I knew I was like, this is what the fuck I was meant to do. I was meant to do this. I was meant to coach women and help them for whoever wanted to work with me personally with personal training and build their confidence and help them with all these different things and be be just somebody to help them through. I'm like, this is my, this is my passion and this is my career. And a lot of people say that my content has changed. I used to, I used to be in a fitness influencer. Like I used to, I started out as a fitness influencer. That's how this whole thing started. 
Then I shared that video and things just changed for me. Like my content has changed. Absolutely. Like, of course it has. Like this whole entire thing changed everything for, for my entire life and, and my, my business. And I'm so forever grateful for that. I mean, I wouldn't be here without you guys. And I know this is kind of like a longer episode and I'm a little bit rambling here, but that basically changed everything for me. Now, fast forward, here I am today running my online coaching platform to the point where I now have two assistant coaches that work directly under me and with me who take on all of my clients. So Lexi is my certified hormone health specialist, and then Gina is my certified personal trainer they're amazing. They work, they, and I've helped them. Gina already had her own business. Um, she had already been training girls for three years at this point. What is it, Gina? A very long time. We've been friends for like over three years at this point. And, um, so she already had her own business, but she was like, I'd love to work with you. And I'm like, let's do this together. And then Lexi is somebody who I've helped mentor. I helped her start her own business, create her LLC, learn how to take on clients, the entire coaching process from beginning. Um, and now she's got like almost a full client roster working for just a couple, like two months, I think, which is just, it's awesome. So now I'm kind of taking a step back to more of a mentoring role and it's just, I fucking love coaching. Like I love doing this. I've got a burning passion for this. And now a little side note, I'm going to drop a little hinty. Gina and I are going to be doing a mentorship program. You're hearing it here first, but we're going to be doing a mentorship program. We're, we're starting like an, it's going to be like an educational thing. It's going to be awesome. This has been in the works for a while and we are really ramping up getting everything squared away for it. It's taking months to get this squared away, but just know that like we are working so hard in the background and the back works to to get everything squared away for anybody who's interested in doing what we do and doing what I do and running a business, being a personal trainer. I'm also a certified nutritionist as well. No big deal, I know. Oh my God. But you know, if you want to do that, if you want to create your own LLC, start a business, post on social media, like we're giving you the whole fucking thing. Like if you want a blueprint of what we do and how we do it, we're creating it for you. I just wanted to let you know. Um, but anyways, hopping back into it now, you know, scaled my business to, to this and, and it's been amazing. And while all of this is going on, I'm also posting on social media because I fucking love it. I love sharing my life with you guys. I do like, not everybody's going to like to share their life on social media. I love it. And I love you guys. I feel like I was meant to post what I post on social media, which is all different kinds of things, I guess, like you know, about books, spicy romance books, low sex drive, birth control hormones, cycles, relationship stuff, whatever it is. I just like to post about everything. I like to post about my life. I don't share a lot about like my business stuff, which I feel like I really want to share more about it on TikTok, but I just kind of share like my inner monologue, which is what this fucking podcast is. It's what all of my social media is, all my random thoughts that I have. That's kind of what I like to share with you guys. But that's what this whole shebang is. That's what this whole thing is. And it's just wild that we've come to this place now. So kind of linking it back to the difference between entrepreneurs, business owners, and, um, 
and influencers now, you know, on the other side of things, not only do I have two assistant coaches that work with me, but I also have this podcast, obviously. And I also have a fitness app as well, which is really awesome. And Gina, my assistant coach also has a fitness app. Lexi is going to be coming out with her own thing too, and, and scaling her own business and everything like that. And although my two assistant coaches work, um, kind of like underneath slash with me, they are their own entities. They are their own businesses. They are their own brands. And I love that. Like they're thriving on their own and doing their own thing and posting their own content, everything like that. And we kind of all work together because we all have a common goal of helping women feel their best through nutrition, through balancing their hormones, through routines, through movement that works well for you, um, through community and education. And it's just been, it's been so incredible. And that is what I do. And that's like where my passion lies. That's where I make my money. That's, that's where kind of everything comes in for me. I also love to coach high school women's lacrosse. I'm not this year. I decided not to. I had a few options here to do it in Nashville, but I'm really pouring a lot into this podcast this year. I decided, you know what? Let's not bite off more than we can chew like we usually do. And let's really, I'm going to pour everything into this podcast pretty much and um, see what we can do with the whole video stuff with the podcast and, and whatnot. And this is kind of where we're at right now. And you guys know that I don't do too many brand deals. Not that it's bad to do brand deals. I think it's awesome. Again, you guys now know the two sides of things with brands and brand deals and why influencers maybe make so much money from fucking brand deals and everything. Um, and I only do a few here and there. I only do ones that like I genuinely love these brands that I genuinely love and support and have bought for years and years on my own or have spent a lot of my own money on. Um, now some influencers do work with brands where they've never tried them before. And, you know, maybe they post that they have, or they post that they are trying it for the first time and their reaction to it and whatever. And like your own take on how that is, is your own take, right? Whether you feel like that's authentic or not as a consumer is totally up to you. Again, everything's kind of like subjective there, but I'll tell you guys right now that there's a lot of influencers that post stuff where it is totally authentic and they like, I use this fucking every day and like they, you know, want to pay me to work with them. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's the ideal goal right there, right? It's something that you use and love. And then they're, the brand reaches out and they're like, Hey, we'd love to pay you for these advertisements. And you're like, okay, hey, cool. Right. That's the business side of things. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I know firsthand there's a lot of influencers out there that post, um, that they use certain things. And they're like, Oh my God, this changed my this, that, the other. And, and they don't use it. And they don't. And, and that's where the ethical side of things kind of comes in. The moral side, I should say, of things kind of come, comes in a little bit where it's like, okay, how, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Because the money's there or like, you know, what, what are we doing here? And that's where I don't quite align. Um, I just don't. And, and that's where it's like, I draw it for myself. Again, I'm not saying this because it's like, oh, I'm on my high horse and I'm, whatever, but this is just how I decide to go about things. This is how I decide to go about living my life online and influencing. I also consume content and I always try to put my feet 
and my eyes in the consumer's eyes and feet and, and what lifestyle they're living and, and how they're consuming the content and your, your average, my, I know what my consumer looks like. I know what my average follower looks like. And I always try to think of them first when it comes to anything that I'm doing. And a lot of influencers maybe don't do that. And that's okay. I mean, everyone to each their own, you know, we all got to make money and we all got to pay the bills. So everyone's kind of going to do it a little bit differently, but that's just kind of how I decide to go about things. And I try to stay true to myself and what I know and and what I believe in. But just so you guys know, like my real passion lies with coaching and mentoring and just being a voice for women and being an advocate for women. And, and that's my love story. That is my love story. We've been here for so long. Is it too long? I don't know. I love hanging out with you guys, but there are differences, basically long story short, between business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers. Because with me being a business owner and entrepreneur and having a business and having coaches, like I've got, and I've have also an assistant, my sister, (laughs) she is my sister. I've got a manager, four people, four people and two definitely that fully rely on me to pay them to help them pay their bills. Like there are, I have employees that work under me and work with me and that fully rely. And that's a whole different level of pressure that I love. Oh my God, I fucking love it. I'm like, give me all the pressure. This is like what makes me wake up every day is not only you guys, but like my assistant coaches and my team that I have, like, this is what I've got my burning passion for. And I want nothing more than for them to succeed and for them to be eaten. Cause when they're eaten, I'm eaten. We're all eaten, you know, like we are all in this together and we're all equal here and we're all have the same common goal and passion. And I want them to absolutely fucking thrive. And, and yeah, that's kind of like with the mentorship that I talked about earlier, like that's what we want for you guys to get out of the mentorship program that we're going to be running. And I'm, I'm really, really excited. Um, really, really excited about that. I hope a lot of you guys are interested in that. Um, we do get kind of a few inquiries about like, Hey, like I want to work, you know, do some similar work to you. Like, how do you do it? Well, you know what? We're going to tell you fucking how we're going to give you all the dirty secrets and, and air it all out for you. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about that. Anyways, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I don't even know if this was like a fun podcast episode for you to maybe get a little bit of an inside scoop on the other side of things, on the influencing side of things. And, the different perspectives, whether you agree with it, whether you don't, whether you are on the train of being like influencers are so unrelatable, what the fuck's going on? Or maybe you're riding the train where it's like, well, I don't really care. This is all the same to me. Like I'm, I'm chilling. I'm cooling. I like watching what I watch. I like following these people. Like everyone's going to receive messages and, and all of this stuff differently. Everyone's going to receive, um, all of this again, it's, it's very subjective and I think it's just really interesting to chat about. Um, but that's probably where we're going to finish up here. I do have an update. Of course I'm going to update you on my books. I, fis- I fl- hello. I'm so excited to tell you. I finished Assassin's Blade, which is book number uno. It's the prequel in the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. Is it Mass or Moss? I keep switching. I don't know. It's M-A-A-S. People say Mass. People say Moss. Potato, potato. I don't know. But um, I liked it. I loved it. Did I tell you guys that already? That I finished it? I feel like I did. No. Did I? (gasps) Wait. What am I talking about? I'm I'm so sorry. I just lied. 
I did finish finish Assassin's Blade, but I I meant to tell you that I finished Throne of Glass, which is book number two in the Throne of Glass series. Oh my God, am I okay? No, but now I'm on Crown of Midnight, which is book three, I think. It's technically book three. I really liked Throne of Glass. I did find it to be a little bit slow. I found it to just like kind of drag on a little bit. And I was just like, you know, it was kind of interesting. It was kind of not. Does she like Dorian? Does she like Kale? Kale? Like, I don't know. Who is she liking? What's going on? Is she going to win this shit? Um, started to get a little bit of confusing when the magic was introduced. There's no spoilers here, no crazy spoilers, but I liked it. Um, it was a little slow, but I will say that had I not read Assassin's Blade, I would have DNF'd Throne of Glass, if I'm being completely honest. I would not have been able to make it through. You want to know why? No shame in this. There wasn't enough romance. And I know that this isn't a romancy type of series. You guys have told me that. Akatar is the more romantical one. This one is, it has, it has a little bit of spice in it. I heard in some books is the air of fire. I don't know. I've seen all the fucking spoilers. Basically I can't, I'm on, t- I'm on the for you page. I can't help it, but I know that there's a little bit of romance in it, but it doesn't come on until later and I need it sooner. I need it sooner. I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's just the reader I am. It's the type of person I am. I would have not been able to make it through Throne of Glass had I not read Assassin's Blade first. There's so many different ways to go about this whole reading order thing. A lot of people say to read Assassin's Blade third after Crown of Midnight. You can read it last. You don't even have to read Assassin's Blade. You do. You really do. You should. But had I not read that first, I would have not liked Selena, Selena and her character. And I, it would have not gotten me through the second book, which is Throne of Glass. So now I'm on Crown of Midnight. I'll keep you guys updated. I will keep you all updated. But I am missing my dark, spicy romance. Oh, also, I inhaled Where's Molly, which is a book that's by H.G. Carlton. And it's a spinoff of the cat and mouse duet that we know and love, Haunting and Hunting Adeline. Haunting Adeline is book one. Haunting Adeline is book two major, massive, red blaring trigger warnings. Do not read that. Do not read that without reading the trigger warnings because it's dark. It's very dark, but I loved it. All right. I loved it. Can't help it. And so basically Where's Molly was like a 200 page spinoff. I inhaled it within two hours. It was literally the fastest book that I've ever read. And I loved it. It was a lot like the stories of um, Zaid and Addie. It was kind of like the same story, but in a different way, but I really liked it. I mean, I loved the cat mouse duet. So give me another. So I hope that there's a ton more spinoffs with it or even another book. We love HG Carlton, um, for all of her dark twisted stories that she comes up with. So I read that one and that's the book update, but geez, I said I was going to leave and we're still here. My God, I love hanging with you guys, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Maybe give you a little bit of an insight on influencing in general. Um, Maybe I hope it gave you a little bit of an insight on like what I do outside of just posting about smelly vaginas and women's cycles and spicy romance books and sex drive and relationships and whatever it is that I fucking talk about. Like, my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna. I have all this shit documented. Like, am I okay? I don't know. But hopefully, it gave you a little bit more of an insight on to what I do outside of um, posting on social media. I love to share my story. Um, you know, maybe you found a little bit of inspiration in it. If you're wanting to do this, we got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out with that. That's why we're coming out with this mentorship program. Um, I'm gonna hook it up. But both of my both of my assistant coaches, you guys are taking clients right now. If you are having issues with your hormones, you are hormonally imbalanced, you've got PCOS, hypothyroidism, you know, any of those things, please, please apply to my assistant coach Lexi's coaching. She is awesome. She's still taking on clients, you guys, like crazy right now. It's really exciting. And I want you guys to apply. She is your girl. You work with her, but you also work with me. So I work with both Lexi and Gina. Um, I'm on all the calls and, and I'm checking in, you know, with you guys occasionally. I'm in all the group messages and everything like that. So just because you're working with them doesn't mean you're working with me. Like I'm there. I see everything that they're giving you and saying to you and everything like that. Um, if you are looking for an online personal trainer, maybe you started out the new year and you're like, holy fuck, it's already March and I'm nowhere where I want to be. And I've got spring break or a trip or it's almost summer. I need help. I need a little bit of accountability and guidance. Please, please apply to Gina's coaching. She's absolutely amazing. She is like a spitting image of how I coach the exact check-in for everything. Like you are working with me pretty much. And she's really, really awesome when it comes to body recomposition, weight loss. If you're looking to gain muscle, if you're looking to gain weight, if you're looking to figure out your nutrition, she is your fucking girl. Like she, we have a very realistic style, um, and holistic style to coaching. We actually don't make any of our clients track their macros and we don't have them track for the first period of time that we work together. We do a very holistic side and approach to nutrition, um, to routines, to building routines. We focus on sleep, on mental health, weekly check-ins, guidance, tailored workouts, nutritional help, everything, like literally anything you can imagine. It's there, you guys. So I'm going to hook up my two assistant coaches. They're amazing. They're awesome. And we'd love to chat with you. So I'll actually put both of their links in the show notes for you guys. Um, if you want to take a look at their applications, they're amazing. They're amazing. Anyways, geez, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go. Thank you so much. I know this was a hefty, a hefty episode, but thanks for listening. And I love you guys so much. And I'll talk to you soon.